Okay, welcome back to the latest United podcast, the podcast that we were all dreading, but we all knew was somewhat inevitable, the podcast that we do come crashing back down to earth. But um, we do have the super sub of the podcast, Josh, back on with us. And first of all, Josh, I don't know how much how, how you'll take this, but I, I do wish you a happy birthday on these of all days. No, I really appreciate that. Um, 29, 29 today. I don't think I have the best record, actually, when United play on my birthday. I think the last time they played on my birthday, I think we lost to Liverpool in the FA Cup. I think it was 2012. So, yeah, not the best, um, not the best record. It's proven to carry on today. Well, it, yeah, God, we'll, we'll get into it. There is a lot to talk about. And as you say, the super sub of the podcast, he has um, joined us because Larry has done his very best to escape that Anthony Martial performance. But um, I'm sure we will hear from Larry at some time in the future. But just speaking of birthdays, you did get a little bit of a pick-me-up on your birthday, a little bit of a kind birthday message. I did, yes. Friend of the podcast, um, Luke Chadwick, sent me um, a birthday message courtesy of one of my friends or two of my friends. They basically paid him a couple of quid and he's, uh, he must be short on work at the moment, but yeah, he sends you a nice little birthday message. Um, I think some of it is above board, so I can put it on um, Twitter and I'll, I'll get a uh, podcast page to retweet it. It's really funny. Yeah, very good effort from him. Top effort from uh, Luke Chadwick. Hope he's doing good. Yeah, no, we'll definitely put it on our Twitter timeline, and I encourage. I have seen. I encourage everyone to um, have a listen and then go and um, fill Josh's timeline with a bit of stick. But look, Solskjaer, we'll get into it. We have uh, unfortunately lost two one at home to Sheffield United. Top v bottom. Well, technically we weren't top, were we? We fell back in the second place because City did overtake us with their game yesterday. But we did have the chance to go back top, and I just. It is almost almost feels inevitable. Under even when we we're winning titles under Ferguson, we would always lose to the team coming last. Now, not often it does. Not often it happens at home. Usually, it's away from home. But just your thoughts going into it in terms of in such good form. Did you feel there was a if when there was going to be a, a slip and a blip in the road? Did you think it was going to come in a situation like this in almost the almost the guaranteed of three points in terms of playing the last team at home? I think. Um... I think I sort of expected it, but not from a performance perspective or you know a mentality perspective. It was more a case of just some of the, say, the confidence of some of our fans on social media and also through like interviews on um, you know Sky Sports. It was a case of like you know what do we do with our team you know formation? Do we rest players or do we go for all out because you know we need to get our goal difference up and try and win five nil? I just don't think we can have that mentality and. You know, every game in the Premier League, no matter what position it is, it's a tough game at the moment. Just the gap in terms of quality is shortening. I'm not saying that Sheffield United is, a, you know, the toughest game of the season, but I think I sort of had a bad feeling more from just the confidence going into it, not from the players, but more from like our fans. Well, if you get what I mean. Well, just on the fans, I think that's a input, sort of an interesting sort of line to take because you look at it and look we're always going to get an overreaction after a loss that's going to happen but the reaction I've seen today has just been a complete people forget where we have come from where we've been in a Europa League team like cast your mind back a few months ago we could only dream about being in a top four race let alone a title race and I just look at it and I think as I mentioned at the start sort of losing to a team top v bottom I remember I think it might have been the 11-12 season at home to Blackburn it was around New Year's time and they beat us 3-2. And I remember Sir Alex playing Raphael and Park in midfield, which was the reason we had to go and spend 
a world record transfer fee on Pogba five or six years later. And we lost that game at home, which ultimately lost us the title on goal difference to Manchester City. And everyone has today gone, well, this, this type of mentality would never happen under Sir Alex Ferguson, and this is a reason we have to get rid of Solskjaer. And I just look back at results like that, which we did have under Sir Alex, and I don't want to say it's a makeup of the club, but these things happen. And just your thoughts there on the, the actual reaction of the fan base, because it has been so positive in recent weeks, and we kind of sort of picked this. As soon as there is that one sort of bump in the road, it's crisis talks have started. I mean, I get where the fans are coming from. Like, taking the opposition... Let's look at the opposition. You shouldn't be losing to, you know, Sheffield United, a team who are, you know, well and truly bottom of the league. Um, you know, the attackers don't pose much of a threat. I, mean, I think if you look at McGoldrick, he's their top goal scorer and he's not really a 15-goal-a-season striker. But looking at the position of United, I mean, at the start of the season, I'd snap your hand off to be second never mind first I've snapped your hand off based on you know who we signed in the summer and still we're still competing you know I know obviously the title is a very optimistic you know objective but just because you lose one game doesn't mean it's well and truly over we're at the halfway stage of the season there's still probably about what 18 games left to play I mean if this is coming at the fourth last game of the season then yeah you can probably cancel the title with City's game in hand but it's still in a competitive position. It's so tight. And you look at... Moving this like, from, a, from a Chelsea... Looking at Chelsea and they're sacking their manager because they're in ninth position. They just need to probably win about three or four games and they're probably back in it. Yeah. It's... Um, you know, the meltdown's really unnecessary. I mean, it's a bad result. Let's not hide behind that. But you're second in the league at a halfway stage of the season... I'd be surprised if 99% of our fans wouldn't have snapped that, you know, your hand off to be in that place or that position. Yeah, and, and, I, and that's generally I, I think speaking. so much of the perception comes from where you pick up your points. So it would be a totally different narrative if we had lost away at Anfield but then won this game. So instead of having the one point, if we had three points from this, um, but we would have almost taken that loss at Anfield. So I, I think it depends. Like, it was a good result at Anfield, but now it almost feels like it means nothing. So... It is a hard one, but Solskjaer has come in for a lot of criticism on this one, but usually when the criticism comes flying in is, oh, he's picked the wrong team, he should have gone with that approach, or he should have gone with that player. And I don't think any... There have been people that have criticised him for that today, but I don't think that is where the issue stems from. I think the issue today is obviously, I think, his in-game management and sort of the lateness of his substitutions. But I think when the team news came out an hour before kickoff, I think we all called for maybe a little bit of rotation, and that's what there is. And you looked at that team on paper... The only real changes were two and Zabi in for Lindelof and Tellez in for Shaw. And I know I called for Tellez to play over Shaw. We'll get into Tellez's performance in a bit. But two and Zabi came in as well. And look, the way we defended as a team just looked like there was maybe too many changes at the back. And it's hard because, as I said, I did call for rotation. But when we do see that rotation, you can almost understand why Solskjaer is so reluctant to do it at times. Um, just your thoughts on the team selection, especially at the back? I have no qualms with the team selection personally. I think, I think he probably had to rotate at the back. I don't. I'm not sure what Lindelof's status is at the moment. And she said in his post-match press conference that uh, Bayou suffered a bit of a knock in training. So I don't think he's going to be out long term. But it's obviously just precaution. Really, probably wants him ready as well for the game against Arsenal on Saturday. Um, Swan Zabi's a good player. Um, he's got an experienced partner in in Harry Maguire. So that that's probably the major change. And obviously, it's Tellers. Tellers was the best thing since sliced bread at the start of the season, you know, and 
he was brought in really to be probably our first choice left back and then it's, it's resulted in a rejuvenation in form for Luke Shaw but still doesn't take away the quality of Tellez I mean it should have been a good enough team to be a team that's 20th in the league poses no real major attacking threat personally like well like based on results they're not really I think they're probably one of the lowest scoring teams in, in the Premier League and that, that's reflected with their position a team like that even our second team if you played a, a, like a League Cup style team of the old Fergie days, it'd be a good enough team to, to beat that Sheffield United team. Do you think? They're really not the team, they're, they're really not good enough. Um, and they probably will get relegated despite the result today. Do you, th- they do you think the result, in terms of, okay, the players had to take responsibility for the 90 minutes at hand that we're talking about, but do you think the introduction of a two and Zabi and a Tellez, the reason the performance was bad and the, the result has ended up going against us is Solskjaer's lack of rotation in recent months. We see two ones. Avi gets thrown in for one game here or there. Okay, he's fantastic against PSG, but not so much today. And Tellez, we throw Tellez in. While it is a top v bottom situation, it still is a must win game situation. So we throw Tellez in out of nowhere, and suddenly he's a little bit off the pace. We throw two ones. Avi in out of nowhere, and he's a little bit off the pace. So Solskjaer maybe could prevent this by rotating the squad more often. I think so. I think there's an element of that. Um... Obviously, Luke Shaw's played a quite a consistent amount of games at the moment, but he, again, he's, he's prone to injury, Luke Shaw, and I think it wasn't a bad decision to rest him, really. You know, what Tellez offers as well, as well going forward, which we saw at times today in the game. Um, again, it shouldn't be an issue to defend against a team like Sheffield United, and I'll, I'll keep on repeating this, and I'll probably sound like a broken record, but it's a team as well that's probably scored the least amount of goals in the Premier League. They're sitting at 20th in the league. The top goal scorer probably won't exceed double figures this year. It's you know it should be good enough, no matter how many games you you, you know you missed out. And I know you can look back maybe let's say the Watford game in the FA Cup where he we changed the team completely. And it really was a you know a subpar performance. We managed to get over the line. It should have been probably something similar today. We should have just it should have been a team just to get over the line. Probably not a team where we're going to win maybe four or five nil, but it seems you know to win comfortably two. 2-0, 2-3-0. Yeah, I, th- I think when you see that team on paper, it's a team Solskjaer has sent out which is good enough to win. The players do need to take responsibility. But um, just on the Eric Bay, you mentioned the injury, and look, I don't want to put a damper on things, but I mentioned this weeks ago when his good form started, we said, look, you can't take your eyes off the transfer market and an immediate need for a centre-back because, yes, we can enjoy the good performances from Eric Bay, but what were they? three, four performances, and they, look, they were fantastic, but we knew we were only going to get three or four. I know Solskjaer has said it's only a knock, but Mourinho used to say it was only a knock six months later. Yeah, he's still j- just recovering from a slight knock. So look, I pray to God Eric Bay is back fit soon, but it's not going to surprise me in six weeks' time, we're still wondering where Eric Bay is. So it, it's hard, I just think, because the defence was highlighted so much today, none more so than that second goal, where, look, I could point the blame at six or seven plays for that second goal. Martial, we're going to get into his performance in a set. The way he loses the ball and doesn't track back, the way he doesn't press in the box, Teller's refusal to get out to the ball. De Gea's woeful attempt at a clearance, which was he was kind of put in a bad spot by the woeful defending or choice to play it back to him by Harry Maguire, like two inches from the goal line. So just on that second goal, as I mentioned, you could point the blame at six or seven different players, but just you're thinking watching that and just the goal was inevitable. When you knew we were playing in you could see the goal come. You'll think, why isn't he closing him down? Why is he passing the ball there? And it was just, it was just coming, and ultimately paid the price. 
It's, it's a tough one. As I said, it's probably about four or five players you could blame for that. I think Tellez just looked lost in general in that position. He just looked completely puzzled. Um, I don't know if he was out. He, looked, he probably looked a bit out of position as well. I think for me, I think De Gea's got to take a lot of a lot of stick for that goal. Obviously, Maguire doesn't help it by playing the short ball back to him, but just clear it. Like, just hoof it out for a throw in. Yeah. As if he just tried to play it out from the back and just pass it, you know, pass out to the wing. Just clear it. No one's going to... It's comical. It really, it really was comical. I didn't know where to laugh or cry, you know, honestly. Yeah, it, it did have a bit of a feeling, obviously. Well, I was six seconds away from showing my TV through the window, but it, it almost did have a funny feel to it. You think, what are they doing? Just And ultimately, you pay the price and can only have ourselves to blame. Now, just on the the VAR first goal and our goal that was disallowed, we've had a bit of a chat about it. I don't think either are sort of disgraceful decisions or not. However, and look, we deserve to lose, Sheffield United deserve to win, so I'm not blaming VAR as a result, sort of on the result. But I think both of them are wrong because the first one, while soft, the reason I would say it should be overturned is because Billy Sharp, not the not the high challenge on De Gea near his arms, but just before De Gea goes to jump, Billy Sharp doesn't even attempt to play the ball, just goes straight into the back of David De Gea. And while only minimal, it was clearly not playing the ball. He knew exactly what he was doing. So I think that should have been pulled up. And then the Harry Maguire one, Harry Maguire just jumps. It's bad goalkeeping. Um, he should do try to do what De Gea does. He should come and try and punch the ball, but he tries to catch the ball, which is the goalkeeper's fault. And um, look, again, cannot blame VAR for the result. We weren't good enough on the day. But I think, look, at the end of the day, goals do change games. And if they don't, if we don't concede that goal and we do get given that goal, suddenly it is a very different game. I mean, from, from, from my perspective, I probably disagree with you on the first goal. I thought um, De Gea just looked really... He didn't look confident at all. And I thought, I thought if the referee gave, gave a free kick to them, it'd be quite soft. And I think... Um, if you were to put the shoe on the other foot, you'd be disappointed if that goal wasn't given if, if it was United attacking. And I know you can turn that around and think of our chance from Maguire. That I think he got that decision wrong. That should have been a goal for us. But I don't think you can blame the referee much for that. Just in the sense in how um, Ramsdale handled it. It was really messy goalkeeping, but he made it look as if he got fouled. So one of them says, you know you fucked up, excuse my language, but you know the referee sort of just buys it. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, so it's not really, look it's on, not on really the Dehaye one. It's like a clear and obvious error. Yeah, no, look, I agree. And on the Dehaye one, he has to do better. So, again, it's not a disgraceful decision, but I, I just think I've, I've seen them give, especially with the intent from Billy Sharpie, as Dehaye does technically sort of need to be stronger and deal with the ball. But I think the main part of the podcast and the reason Larry has um, called in sick today, um, Anthony Martial, where do we want to start? Because. Look, we've spoken about criticism on this podcast recently and you don't want to go overboard. And uh, look, I don't want to pile on Anthony Martial. But in terms of an individual performance, I can't think of a worse one by a United player in recent memory. And I'd never like to call out a player's effort. I'm thinking it's very easy sitting on the couch on the other side of the world to say that player's not putting the effort in. But when I see other players, I see Bruno, even Pogba puts a shift in, Matic, or all the defenders, they always put a shift in. And when I see Anthony Martial, and I know some of its body language and that's just the way he moves, I understand that. But the effort he was putting in today, both on and off the ball, look, the word term disgraceful and embarrassing gets thrown about there. I don't know, but I was I was filthy with Martial today. I thought he was woeful. And I think not only he has to take blame for that, I'm baffled Solskjaer kept him on the pitch for 90 minutes. Yeah. 
I think Solskjaer's got to take a bit of the blame for it. Um, a few of the critics were saying he went down, I think it was in the first five minutes of the game, and it looked as if, you know, he'd be, he'd be getting subbed early, and a lot of people were saying, you know, why didn't they sub him there and then? I get why, you know, if a player's saying he's OK, he's only five minutes into the game, you're probably not going to hook him that early, but definitely at half-time. I thought I'd seen enough of him for 45 minutes to say I just can't see him making an impact in a positive way in the second half. So I think the Solskjaer should have made that, that second half change, put Cavani on. Um, because I think Cavani needed longer than, what was it, 30, 30 minutes to, to make an impact. I think if he would have had the 45, we might have seen that, you know, a bit more of an effective uh, performance from Cavani. Not to say he was bad when he came on. He, I mean, he, he did miss a few um, sort of half chances, but I think Martial, he actually got hooked at half time. He really, really was poor. And I think sometimes Solskjaer's afraid to make them ruthless decisions where you sub someone off at half-time. It always does tend to come quite late in the game. As I said, I'm surprised he lasted... He lasted the full 90 minutes, so yeah. Well, where do you stand on that with Solskjaer? Where, look, I completely agree, and that is my thinking, especially when it is almost... You can put on paper, okay, Mason Greenwood starts, you can bet your bottom dollar that he's going to be subbed off on the 60th minute. And look, I thought Mason Greenwood was fine today. It wasn't a standout, but I thought it was definitely better than Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. And there I look at it and I agree with what you're thinking. It's almost a sign of weakness where Solskjaer is almost sort of bending over for Rashford and Martial. So, geez, they're big names, big players. I can't take them off. Greenwood, you're the easy target. Let's hook you off. So I say that's a sign of weakness from Solskjaer. However, I sit there and think, well, this is the manager who's dropped Paul Pogba numerous times this season. So that's a huge sign of strength to drop Paul Pogba. So I don't know where it is. Um, I just can't get my head around sort of the sort of the accommodation afforded to Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford over the likes of Mason Greenwood and then even sort of so-called Dan James yeah. in one matter. And I get, you, I get your response to that. And I, I listened to his post-match press conference when uh, one of the members of the press asked him the same thing. How do you sort of... What's your thinking, basically, in terms of your substitutions? It was, re- it was a really open question. And Solskjaer sort of dodged it a bit and said, you know, you've got to find the perfect balance in terms of taking the players off at the right time. But I think any United fan watching that game... You, you cannot justify him you know, spending the 90 minutes on the pitch. I think, I think it would be a bit unfair to say, yeah, let's hook him after the first five minutes where he, he looked as if he was injured, but you know, he was able to play on. And I think it was fair to give him the opportunity to see if he could play on. But yeah, definitely warranted, I think, at a bare minimum, a half-time substitution, if not sometime in the, in the 50th, 60th minute. Well, you mentioned there Solskjaer's press conference. That I, I didn't watch it, but the one line that came out to me, which I just saw a clip on Twitter was saying that Ollie was saying we we're missing a little bit of magic and I'm sitting there and look people can point the finger and say oh it's just because you're like the guy you have an agenda or whatever but we literally have a player in the team who the other players call the magician and I, I just look at it I, that game just screamed one matter because one matter or Donny van der Beek didn't have to be matter and van der Beek came on 10 minutes to go game was over I think it was, it was pointless he had to be on far earlier but we could tell the way that game was hidden. Okay, Sheffield were expansive in the way they were getting forward. I thought they played quite well. But the way they were defending, there was simply no space. And Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford were just doing the same thing over and over and over, trying to rely on their pace, trying to get him behind where there was absolutely no space to get him behind. And it just screamed for someone just intricate to get the ball in a bit of space and just shift the defence. Because at the moment, the ball was going wide to Marshall. He was standing on the ball waiting for something to happen. Okay, in a one-on-one situation, nothing happened, so he just passed the ball to the side. Then we started again. Same thing would happen on Marcus Rashford. He would get the ball isolated with a defender. 
he'll try a fantastic pass or he'll try something individually. Wasn't going to happen. That is where you need that intricate play. You can get between the lines, pick up the ball, just knock the ball five metres, just to draw a defender out. If that defender comes out towards one matter, because good players like that, like Paul Pogba, like Donny van der Beek, like one matter, when they have the ball, players are attracted to them. They bring players out. So a player like matter would bring one of those three centre-backs out, draw them towards the ball. Suddenly there is space there. Then the Marcus Rasher or Martial or Greenwood can attack that space in behind. And I just look at it and, look, kids aren't picking the team. But there is almost this fascination, even Solskjaer's almost bend into it, this fascination with pace and the FIFA ratings. And you have to have 95 pace on FIFA to be able to be a good player. And I just think the pace comes from speed of ball movement and speed of thought. And one matter is the player who moves the ball quickest in this team. And I just think today it absolutely screamed for a player like Van der Beek or Matter. It's very hard to screw you there, Tom. Um, I think United could have carried that on that game for another 30 minutes and probably still not scored. Defensively, you know, Sheffield United were brilliant today. They haven't been Phil Jackielka, veteran of the <laughs> game. You managed to make him look like, you know, a world-class player. He was like probably a 9 out of 10. I know he was probably at fault for the for the Maguire goal but apart from that he looked really he looked really confident how old is he now he must be about 35 years old um, yeah just, it was just screaming for some intelligence in the game as you said it's not always about pace and he could have kept the pace of Rashford you know Martial he still wouldn't have scored it was just really crying for some form of creativity some form of intelligence I think probably Van der Beek would have been the more likely to, to have done that if he came on a bit earlier I just don't think he had nowhere near enough time to make an impact. Yeah, no. I mean, when did he, when did he come on? It was very late on anyway. Yeah, no, that, that, that is one of the things which I haven't seen that question from the press conference where you just alluded to where they asked Solskjaer what was his thinking. And I always sit there and I, I always somewhat always side with the manager when it's a close game and they're reluctant to make that substitution because I've been in that situation before where it is hard to change things. Because the moment you change things, you do risk it. Because at the moment, while we did lose and it wasn't good enough, we were relatively safe throughout the game. So I could understand him not risking it. I think when Harry Maguire scores the goal, I think everyone around the ground, or not around the ground, but around the world, assumed would go on to win it. Keep things the same, the pressure will pay. But um, Solskjaer, I think, ultimately, when it doesn't work, he does need to take the blame for it. But we will go to... I think what was was disappointing today was... I don't think we. I know our goal, our goal obviously came from a set piece, but it's just the fact that we didn't have an answer to them. We didn't have an answer when conceding, and there's so many. How many times have United conceded a season and, and gone on to win? I think it's about seven times. Um, I know predominantly the majority of that's been away from home, which seems to be our forte at the moment, playing away from Old Trafford. But it's just the fact that we didn't really have a solution. We looked really. I think that's the thing. It wasn't so much the lack of solution, which I completely agree with, but when we've conceded before, like the last couple of games when we've conceded, we go, especially against Fulham, we conceded and we think, oh, OK, we'll go win the game now. Where today when we conceded, there was like a visible panic. Players were forcing passes and just the touch was off and it was almost, I don't want to say they felt the pressure of sort of losing top spot, but it kind of was. They said, Jesus, is this game going to go against us? How do we fix this? And... um yeah, I think that's the word you word, you mentioned the word there, panicky, and I completely agree. It's kind of worrying, but I suppose you know we've got a, a big game against Arsenal next. I think that's the biggest statement is how you react to that. I mean, if you can go on to beat a so-called top six top six team, which Solskjaer's failed to do so far this season um, in in the Premier League, it'd be a good statement and a good bounce back. 
Yeah, no, well, we'll get into Arsenal in just a sec, but time for you to get your shovel out, Josh, and time for both of us to scrape the absolute bottom of the barrel for 3 2 ones. Now, we even gave 3 2 ones when we lost 6 1 to Tottenham, so hopefully it won't be that bad, but um, as the guest, I'll get your first suggestion for three points. Well, do you know what? I was going to say, like, two of our defenders are probably in contention um, <laughs> to be in our 3 2 ones, but I'm not going to give the three to a defender. I'm actually going to give the three to Mason, to Mason Greenwood. I thought he was our brightest. Um, Brightest attacker definitely in, in, in what was probably a very dull first half. He had a few opportunities. I know we missed an excellent chance, but he looked to be playing at times with you know a lot more confidence than we saw in the old uh, Mason Greenwood. And I don't think he probably should have got substituted. I think that was probably a poor decision. Yeah, no, look, look out of that front three, I think he definitely was the best and he definitely didn't deserve to be subbed. I wouldn't be giving him three points, but however... Really? Oh, no, look, I thought he was good, but... Um... Yeah, look, look, maybe it's just a hard one because we've lost at home to Sheffield United. It's hard to sort of cling to the positives. But from an attacking point of view, yes, I thought he was good. And he has been good in recent weeks. But as you're the birthday boy, I'll let that one slide and give Mason... So who, who, who would you have given three points to? Look, I'm going to put him in now for two points, I think. I, I thought, look, and he got a lot of stick. So maybe I'd have to watch the game again. And I'm definitely not going to go watch the game again. But I, I thought Nemanja Matic was, um, was quite good. Again, not good enough. He maybe needed a little bit more, especially in terms of sort of getting that ball forward into the front three. But again, if you're Nemanja Matic and you see Anthony Martial having the game that he is, do you want to be keep sort of giving the ball to Martial? So I think the midfielders are sort of hamstrung a little bit about the form of our front three. But I could maybe throw in Matic, maybe even for one point. I have a feeling the two defenders you're going to mention is Maguire and one that I thought had a pretty decent game was Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Yeah, I'd probably give it to... I mean, I would have given my two to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, probably my one to, to Harry Maguire. Um, but, yeah, probably for one point, definitely Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I thought he had probably well, had one of his brightest games I've seen in a while, um, especially in terms of going forward. Looked, uh, <laughs> he looked pretty reliable as an attacker, considering he was, you know, he was our right-back. I think he was probably our most threatening presence going forward. He almost, besides Mason Greenwood. He almost gave us more and as a lot a of our, our threats came from the right-hand side. Well, he almost gave us more as a full-back than Tellers did, weirdly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, I think that is a decent little shout there. I think, would you say be Greenwood for three, Maguire for two, and Wan-Bissaka for one? Well, I'll let you have the Matic if you want, but I thought I thought Maguire, you know, he got the goal. Yeah, I think look, it was a very, very, very good goal as well. I know it was from a set piece and probably question marks over the defenders, but brilliant, strong finish. And he, he deserved that goal as well. I know we went on to lose the game, but he, he should have got a goal against Burnley, um, a quality header in that game. But I thought the one today was a, a fantastic finish. Um, personally, from, from for me, for Matic, I didn't really see much. I thought he was pretty slow on the ball especially in the first half I think he just he got a bit better as the game went on but I didn't really see much from Matic really yeah, look, I didn't think he was any better than Pogba who, who I thought was really good on the ball without actually affecting play yeah no look uh, looking back and I'm definitely not going to go watch the game again but yeah I think we probably did need more in, or especially we did, did did need more in midfield we didn't win the game and look, Harry Maguire is one of the people largely at fault for the second goal. However, he has scored a very good goal and ultimately, I think, played quite well. As I say, Sheffield United didn't pepper our goal or anything. I thought we defended quite well, except for the two times the ball ended up in the back of the net. So we will go Greenwood, Maguire and Wan-Bissaka. Now we'll go to the Facebook comments. This will be an interesting 3-2-1s. We'll go Emma has gone three points for Matic, two for Greenwood and one for Maguire. 
Vin has gone, Martial, can we please take three points off him? Um, <laughs> not, not able to, unless you can get the password off Larry and maybe he can change it for you. Um, we've got Tellez, oh, sorry, George. He's gone Tellez for three. That's a shirt. Don't agree with that. But two for Matic and one for Maguire. Dave Knight from Perth says, let's do a 3-2-1 reverse. So I think he's in the same sort of same vein of form there, trying to take points off people. Um, Robert has said, good luck scraping the bottom of the barrel. And just on Robert, one of our listeners and the members of the Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney has just started a new Premier League podcast with him and a few mates um, called the IFTP, no, IFT, ITF, IFT, I feel which one it is, but go on to um, our Twitter, p- Twitter page and we'll post the links to it there. Listen to the first episode. Um, Fantastic podcast. That's a terrible weekend. But I'm definitely. I don't know if I'm going to listen to the next one about United losing. Um, I think this is this is the only <laughs> thing I can take. And Shane from the supporters club says, "I don't know why Van der Beek can't start instead of Martial," which will be interesting because we'll go on to now Arsenal. Can Martial start this game? Can Sol- Can you see a situation where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer picks him from the start? Because I can't. However, when I said when I say that to myself. I'm now fully preparing myself for an hour before kickoff, seeing Martial's name on the team sheet. I mean, I hope he doesn't, and there's no disrespect to him as, as, as a player because he, I mean, he was our player of the year last season. Did, did he win our player of the year? Yeah, he second? was. He was United's player of the year, yeah. wasn't he? Um, yeah, but I just don't think he can justify it. Really don't. He's, he's had a really poor season, Martial, this season. Um, how many goals has he scored? He's only got two, I think it was. I don't know if that's two overall and, or two in the Premier League, but uh, I think. And I don't think he's. I don't think he's created much as well. I don't think he's provided much. At the start of the season, well. I felt he was playing well and just didn't have the goals. And I, yeah. I always find, look, he's a very good player. But now, when he doesn't have the goals and he's not playing well, and he's not putting the effort in, and he's not tackling, and he's not showing that desire, and his body language is off, he's non-existent. We 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 probably are better off with ten men, and I, that's an obvious exaggeration. Obviously, we aren't, but it does have that feel. I mean, I'm not saying like let's sell him. I'm saying he just needs a, probably a, a bit of a, a phase out of the team because there's people on that bench who, who deserve you know to be playing more than he does at the moment. Um, I don't think he's bringing anything to the team. As, as I said, I think he's doing more. As you said, sorry, I think he's doing more harm than good at the moment. And I'd probably be starting Cavani in that game. In fact, I'd definitely be starting Cavani in that game. And I'd be surprised if Martial. Um, even by all his standards, I'd be surprised if Martial is in that starting eleven. I think that's the thing that you mentioned there, like Martial sort of deserves to be on the bench and the players on the bench which you referred to, whether that be Dan James, Van der Beek, Juan Matter, Mason Greenwood, we another start Edison Cavani this time. They're professional footballers, they can they're watching the game in real time. They're seeing Anthony Martial's performance, they're probably even more critical than we are. And they're sitting there going how is this manager not putting me on now? But I'm watching this play. Get him off the pitch. I can do something. I can do something to help the team. And I just think that is where Solskjaer can potentially run into problems where players are getting the players who aren't playing are just going to get more and more frustrated. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, you know, time will tell. I won't put it past Solskjaer, but as I said, I'd be very, very surprised um, if he's done enough in this game, which he hasn't, to, to, to have that um, and justify that starting position ahead of someone like Cavani. Well, not Martial in general. Martial just as part of the collective here. Like, look, he was woeful. However, the team across the board were below par. The team were poor. Do you see, and I'm talking about one or two changes, but just a collective sort of, your collective thinking. If you're so shy now, do you give the team, do you play them again and say, okay, you've got to sell into this mess, you get it out, or do you completely almost, I'm not saying drop 11 players, 
but you sort of go hard, say, no, you weren't good enough. Midfield, okay, Scott um, McTominay and Fred, you're both back in. Shaw, you're back in. Um, Victor Lindelof, you're back in. Marshall, you're out. Rashford, you weren't good enough, you're off. Um, we'll play Van der Beek. Like, can you see Solskjaer really ringing the changes and sort of punishing the team for that performance? Or will he try, and, think so. try and stick with them? No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think he'd make, you know, I don't think he's going to make probably about six or seven changes to, to the Arsenal game. What I am worried about now is it's because we lost a game like this today. Is he going to approach the game against um, Arsenal? Similarly to how he approached the game against Liverpool after United lost against City in the Cup as, as a game, you know, that we can't really lose. Um, does he approach like that, go quite defensive or... Again, does he allow us to show off our our, our style and play on the, play on the counter and try and get the win? Yeah, well, it's definitely look. It's a huge game away at Arsenal, and they're somewhat. I feel, in my opinion, they're somewhat of a bogey team at the moment. Like the last win I can remember is the last minute winner for Marwan Fellaini, and that feels like a yeah. bloody decade ago. So they almost have a bit of a bogey feel, especially since Solskjaer has come in. But you mentioned there in terms of the approach and what Solskjaer would take. I have a feeling, and look, fans won't be happy with this. So I completely understand. I'll be taking a draw. I think we have to not forget about the title race, but just remember that what our goals were at the start of the season. They were to hopefully be within a comfortable top four race. At the moment, we're definitely in a title race. So I think just chill. Okay, it's poor, but Manchester City are better than us. Liverpool are better than us. There's a case for Chelsea and Tottenham to be better than us. Okay, we are very fortunate to be in the position we are in. Okay, it's a blip. It's a frustrating blip, but we do have to sort of remember where we have come from and... Look, it's second, second in the league. Um, and I'd say, well, only one point. And it is the type of season where you can see City sort of slipping up in a similar game. Because I think, who did um, West Brom? Did West Brom draw? Uh, I think City just obviously smacked them the other day. But before that, I think the first time West Brom played City, they got a draw, didn't they? Well, they, I think they got a draw against City. They got a draw against Liverpool as yeah, well. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, look, look, results like that are going to happen this season. And look, unfortunately, they're going to happen to United more and more as well. That will happen. It's just if we can get you know bounce back quickly and do get a result against Arsenal and then just sort of keep rolling on a little bit, you just have to be there for when those teams do drop points because everyone's going to drop points. It's going to be a very low tally that ends up winning the Premier League. I think I saw a stat today that said the season Jose Mourinho finished second, we had more points at this stage than we do now and when we're obviously top of the league. So it, it is an interesting season and there'll be a lot more twists and twi- twists and turns, but um. Look, fingers crossed things get back on track against Arsenal. Not so much for the league, not so much for the league position and the end goals, just for the online presence. I don't want to have to deal with Arsenal fans next week. So, um, yeah. I think that would be the worst, the worst thing in the world, um, dealing with them. But it'd be a massive look. It'd be a ma- if we get three points against Arsenal, what a statement it'd be, um, especially after a result like today. A, a result, you know, which shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be losing um, at home to a team like that. But to, to beat Arsenal at their own patch, a, a team we've not, you know, beaten for a while at the Emirates. I think probably since the, I think probably since Louis Van Gaal. Come to think about it, it's probably the last time we beat Arsenal at the Emirates. I think we would have. Am I wrong there? Or there would have been a win with. Oh, maybe Jose. Maybe Jose yeah, the, with the black uh, yeah, Ling- with Messi Lingard. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Lingard. Actually, I think I even him at the moment. I think maybe we won there in an FA Cup, did we? Or Alexis yeah, Sanchez yeah, scored. I'm, yeah, yeah, it was the FA Cup I think two years ago actually. But in terms of in terms of a league game, it's been probably I think since I think November twenty seventeen. So it's been a long time coming, but you know we need to to get back to winning the so called big six type of teams. And as I said, 
there shouldn't really be a meltdown. We're still up there. We're in a very, very strong position in the league. Far from over at the moment. We could be having this conversation in, what, 17 games time and we're still in the same position, hopefully maybe higher or considerably lower. Anything can happen. It's so tight. Um, it's exciting, but hopefully, yeah, you'll be discussing this with Larry. Three points and who knows, maybe Martial with the winner. Look, the way this season's gone, you can almost bet on it. I think that's, that's probably a likely outcome. But as you say, we will be back with Larry on... It'll be Sunday because it is a Saturday night game for us here in Sydney. Unfortunately, a 4.30am kickoff, but um, at least it's not 4.30am on a Monday. Um, the Sunday morning kickoffs are a little bit better. You can have a sleep in, but as long as United do get the job done and I can have a Sunday lunch over Arsenal Fan TV... But um, until then, hopefully everyone enjoyed the podcast and making sure you're still subscribed on all your podcast apps and as much interaction as you can on all our social media pages really helps the podcast grow, which we do appreciate. And another big thank you for um, the super sub of the podcast, Josh, for taking the time on his birthday to try and reminisce about that performance. Not a problem at all. I'm just a bit upset because I missed... um I missed the game where I watched the first half live, so having to do the podcast, I had to actually watch the second half in full. Right. So I knew what I was talking about. So thank you for subjecting me to that second 45 minutes. I would have just watched the 10-minute highlights and up to sport. Yep. Uh, sincere apologies from myself and Larry, but Larry will be back to face <laughs> the music against um, Arsenal on Sunday. So until then, hopefully everyone has a good weekend, and we'll chat to you then. Cheers. Bye-bye.